one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope you're all staying safe and healthy. In this episode, the three companions search farther into the depths of the facility. They find some useful objects and some even more useful information. Creatures are befriended, goo is poked at, and one very important translation is made. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory investigate the imprinted echoes of those who once lived here. Success! There we go. And it is an 18. 18. So can I have it okay. close on like the back half of this one we're currently fighting or something? Yeah, I like that. So you quickly type in, you're like, I got it! And the door kind of starts hissing shut. And as it does so, it catches, like, the leg of the one that you guys had been fighting. And it screeches and kind of, like, falls to the ground as it, it takes the one point of damage it had left. Yes. Behind the door, you hear kind of just this, like, unearthly, like, scratching and screeching and, and hissing and... These things clearly wanted to get at you. You know, that's a problem that we can handle when there's more of us I, are here. I don't know. I have a secondary thought. Maybe if we're fast enough, we can let one out at a time and kill it and then do another one and then kill it. I, I don't know. Probably well, not. Well, normally that would sound like fun to me. I will say that there was a hole in the ceiling of that room, which means they have access to other avenues of movement. Oh, wait, mm -hmm. that means they could also get out of there and come chase us in other places. Maybe. I don't know if this thing can climb walls like that. I feel like it probably can. It had a lot of little fingery things. Mm. Either way, let's... Uh... Let's leave that for another time. Let's explore what we can quickly. Make a note, somebody, unless somebody has a piece of paper I can, like, tape to this door that says, eh, <laughs> Do not open. It. Yes. And I, Just... tear, I tear an empty page out of the back of my okay. book. <laughs> I love the difference between Smallrin saying, yes, do not open, and drawing, eh. <laughs> I was just going to, to to draw a very poor, like, chibi version <laughs> of this thing that's, like, <laughs> with angry eyes. <laughs> with big, angry anime eyes. Yeah. I'm going to put this request out to anyone watching. If there is anyone who enjoys creating chibi anything, can you create us a chibi version of whatever these are? Actually, if anyone wants to roll an intellect level three to try and figure out what these are called or what they yes, might do, I no, totally I'd... do that. Can I try as well? In a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would history have anything? I'll say no to Probably history. Not. Okay. What'd you, what'd you roll? Uh, That's 20! Whoa, Shoot. again. All right, all right. Give it to Rin. Okay. So, Jory, <laughs> after taking a moment and like recentering yourself you take a closer look at this thing and you go oh shoot i know what these are this is called a crar i think is how it's pronounced c r i'm sorry k r a u r crar yeah crar 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 so yes listeners of imprinted echoes i would like a chibi crar crar yay i like it they are these insectoid creatures. Mm -hmm. They are 
obviously very large for an insect, so they're not only terrifying for that reason, but also they are incredibly fast, very aggressive, and they will hunt nearly anything that moves. Okay. The other thing to note is that those, had that proboscis gotten to you, it creates a venom that chemically reacts with blood that will eventually, like, continue to hurt you until it kills you, at which point you literally explode. Oh, my. Oh. Well, that's just rude. Okay. I will write that on the sign that's on the door. Yeah, like have the Warning. little proboscis coming out and then just X it, X through it. Do not touch. Uh, Warning. Rude. Little X and then little exclamation points next to it. Blech. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Jory, you write, you scroll that onto the rest of the note that not only should you stay the heck out of this room, but that it is incredibly dangerous to go in there assuming that the creatures are still there. You do not want to explode. It's a very busy drawing. <laughs> this is room 106, correct? Correct. Cool. I I make a small a small notation on the map, although who knows if they'll still always be there. There is a hole in the ceiling. It could be in any room at any time and I don't like it. It's upsetting. They do make a very distinct sound. It might be wise to knock on doors as we go and then listen to see if that's, there's anything inside. That's a good idea. I would like to see what's actually in that room eventually, especially if it's, well, this is kind of a dark thought, but um, I want to know if it was those things that were making that smell or something that they were eating. You did see something dead that they were eating. Uh, I hope it wasn't a nice thing. It was too quick for you to be able to tell what it was, but that smell was clearly from something that they were consuming. <laughs> okay. Well, where should we go now? The rest of the hallway does not seem to have as many doors. It seems that 106 was kind of like the end of this portion of rooms along this curvature. And as you kind of like peek around more of that turn, there is another hallway that goes kind of in towards the center of this curve. Kind of to the left of where you would be. Let's check that out. Go down that hallway and you... There are no doors in this hallway, but it does kind of like there is a door at the end. So there's not on the left or right, but there is a door at the very end. As you get up to it, Jory, you can read it and it says echo chamber. Uh, it says echo chamber. I don't know what that could mean, but it could be fun. This is also technically room 110. 110. Notate all of that down. Should we knock? Yes, let's knock. Mm-hmm. Bang, bang. And we listen. Do we hear echoes? <laughs> no. No, you don't. And no skittering. Not as the, what you're hearing right now, no. Okay. Do you want to check to open this? Yes. Yes, you can roll. It's going to be a level five, again, with an asset and whatever skill you want to apply. Excellent. I would like to apply my espionage. And that is a failure at a six. Okay. Man. Smallrin's not having a great time. A fail as well. <laughs> okay. We've all been very shaken, apparently. For whatever reason, this keypad is, it seems cleaner than the rest. Like, this one was better taken care of. Maybe it had been replaced more recently. But the numbers, you assume numbers. Well, yes, Jory can tell our numbers seem more worn, less worn down. And you can't quite tell where the buttons had been previously. It's harder to hack. You just can't seem to get this door open. At least not by this method. Hmm. This is the only door in this hallway, correct? Correct. Well, if these were all open by numbers, there's probably somewhere down here that actually has where all of those numbers are kept. Maybe we could find whoever was in charge of this place. Maybe they had an office or a home or something like that. They're probably Maybe. rotting back in the old room. Hope not. <laughs> I don't I like mean, it. I shudder to think how long they live down here alone if they are that recently dead that's true yeah i think it's much more likely that whatever it is that they're eating in there they drug that in or it's something else that lives down here mm, that too who has the journal that you guys got from the living quarters rooms way back when mm. 
I don't think I do. Hold on. I think it might have been, it's either Nehemiah or Small Room. I think it might have been me. I have it. Oh, I have it have in the lockbox. Okay. Yep. I think there was two that you guys might have found, but yeah. you, I know Nehemiah definitely had the first one then. Yeah, I had, it was in a lockbox, I think. That's right. That's right. You, while they're talking about like, oh, maybe we, you know, you're saying maybe we can find a way in. Maybe there's information somewhere. You remember there was a journal I open up the the lock box and take it out, and I just hand it to Jory. Oh, okay. Hey, what's this? What's any of this say? Okay, let's see. For the most part, it is someone's diary. Oh. Does it say who she's going to ask to date dance? It does not. <laughs> I can get you more information if if you want the like details of some of the pages like the the actual like life of this person I can I can get those to you yeah. next session but essentially what this details is is someone's life here this was a worker who feasibly lived here and worked at this place at helping maintain things there is not a code or anything flipping through but you eventually are able to find mention of some sort of like head scientist more or less and while it does not give a room number it does kind of give a vague description of where that office might be okay i will i will explain it to them so based on what we have seen so far what do you think this is i'll have you roll navigation jory since that's your thing anyway okay i'll be looking at the map that's kind of getting Mm -hmm. written Mm -hmm. uh difficulty five fail just too confusing right now before you rolled it, I was going to ask, could I give her an asset because she is looking at my map, which is so precisely drawn <laughs> right, and is better able to visualize? That would have passed yeah. because you rolled a nine. So, mm, yeah, yep. we'll allow that retroactively. That's fine okay. since you rolled faster than she could say. That. I'm That's sorry. Fine. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's fine. Oh, um, yeah, I think I can see. It looks about right at this spot right here. Is and based on your description, you realize if you go back the way you came and left instead of right, mm-hmm. it's a mirrored section. So where you ended up, you continued around the curve. It was a dead end that went left and straight into the center. On the other side, had, had you gone the other direction when the gelatinous cube kind of bounced, <laughs> it would have taken you left around the other way. And there's a mirrored area over there is what you seem to understand gotcha and you think the office is there okay well i have a place that we can at least try based on this text if you want to go that way sounds good to me sounds like a plan to me. you backtrack relatively easily go left instead of right you get to that stairway you go down and similarly there is a a bunch of doors these ones start at 111 Go on up the the numbers from there, ending at 120. You see at the end, kind of like curved around at the end of the hallway, you think that is the office. Okay, I think it's uh, this one. Let's see. As you walk up to it, you also pass by room 116, another lab, as it says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just making note of that. Yeah. And then room 120, someone make me a perception check. Level three. Okay, I am trained, so I, I can go for it. Success! 17. Wonderful. You walk up to it, and three steps before you get to, like, being able to, like, touch the keypad, you stop. And you see something oozing out from underneath the door. Ooh. Uh, oh. That's scoop. It is kind of this, like, goldenrod, almost silly putty looking. It's a little more liquid than that, but that kind of texture. Stuff. Seeping out uh, from underneath there. Do we want us to take a sample of this? Does anybody have a little vial or something? Let's let's approach this step one first. I okay. will take my spear and I'm just gonna poke it. Cool. As you 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 kind of just poke it, and a tendril of this goo kind of like flashes out like a like a club, almost like whacks at your sword spear. Ah. Okay, okay. Maybe no samples. Okay. Yes, it doesn't seem to like that. No. No, not at all. Okay, uh, yeah, no samples. Um. It's Nehemiah. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me, I will say, a level two intellect. Cool. Success, 13. 
perfect. You're pretty sure you've seen this before. This is something that you know of as creeping clay. It specifically likes to eat iodum and bits of Numenera. So anywhere there has been Numenera crafting happening, it tends to show up there to try and eat away at those things. This, These things were a pain in the butt to try and keep out of your storehouses. Yeah, okay. Well, you want the good news or bad news? Uh, both. Bad well, first and then good. If there was anything valuable in there, it's gone. That sucks. But... This thing isn't objectively harmful to us. Okay. Like, because these things are, are like, they're pests. They're not threats, right? Okay. They can do damage to you, but it's not like they, they don't, they're not like, in terms of motive, they don't hunger for flesh. They, they're more interested in eating what they want to eat, and what they want to eat is typically iodum. Gotcha. Okay. Is it technically a creature? Is it alive? Jim, is it alive? It is technically alive. It does not necessarily have a high sentience, but it is alive in the way that, like, spores are alive. I was going to say, it's it's a fungus. Yeah. I'm mostly asking because I want to know if it would be affected by something like a deadly poison. Oh. Yes. Awesome. I think I have an idea, but seeing how it reacted to being touched, perhaps the two of you could move further back down the hall. Yeah. Sure. If you're sure. So what I would like to do is essentially get within like a step or two of it, like far enough that I could toss something at it um, without being directly on top of it. Absolutely. And basically take out my two little files, um, like tip one into the other, and then splash a deadly poison onto it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have you make a I'll have you make a speed level three. Well, actually level two, because you're taking the time to like very carefully plan this, so I'll give you that essentially as an asset. So level three with an asset. And considering I'm poisoning something, can I use my espionage skill? I'll say no for this because you're throwing it rather than applying it to a weapon. And you said you want this speed? Yeah. All right. I am going to spend for a point of effort just because I've been rolling like shiitake mushrooms. Uh, that is a success with a 13. Perfect. You toss the poison at the creeping clay. And how much damage does the deadly poison do? It is, there you go, one dose of a level two poison that inflicts five points of damage. And actually, here's my question, because I can mm-hmm. spend extra intellect to increase the poison level, but I have not been able to find anywhere how that changes the damage. You know what? How about this? In this scenario, I will say that it will, it will up the damage enough to do what I assume you're trying to do. All right, then okay. I I would like to spend an extra intellect point to bump it up to a level three poison. Sure. That's fine. You take a second and you alter the you alter the measures of the catalyst and the reagent that you have, uh, making sure to carefully still pour them into one vial, shake it up a little, and then toss it, and it impacts with this clay and it immediately kind of like envelops it you ever seen that like magnetic slime and like you put a magnet or a piece of metal in it kind of just and like forms around it it does that to the vial and you hear kind of like a little pop and a hiss and you assume that the vial has broken and then it just kind of starts bubbling and hissing what color is the poison that smallrin uses uh it's a very like it's mostly transparent like one one of the ingredients is just very clear and the other ingredient is like kind of semi-translucent black but when they are combined when they are combined they create this lovely purple color okay so in it kind of like underneath the goldenrod color of this creeping clay you kind of see these like light purple bubbles start to form and it starts hissing and sizzling almost almost like acid is eating away at it and eventually just kind of like sputters into a pool of brown goo 
Nehemiah, would you mind bringing your sword spear and poking that again for me? Walk up. Jap, jap. No reaction. Nice work. Thank you. Now, let's see if we can get this keypad to cooperate. Go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, This is a difficulty five still? Yes. With an asset. Cool. And you know what? Because I've been having such poor luck, I'm going to spend a point of effort. (laughs) Come on. Fail! How? Ooh, wow. Ugh. Yikes. How? (laughs) The way I would like to describe it, Smallrin struts up to the door, picking her way through the slime, confidently keys in a thing, and then there is a little dit-dit, and Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. stands there staring at it. She looks displeased. (laughs) Jory, did you want to try? Yeah. even? I'll give it a shot. Yeah, go ahead, Jory. I I don't know if I'm going to be too great with that. You said yes, asset, because same door. Is that correct? Okay, boop, boop. Success. Of course. (laughs) Jory gives it a shot. The Delve knows what to do. Slides open. And you do have to kind of like step around the goo because it is all over the floor in here. You definitely killed the entirety of it, but it's kind of just a sticky mess on the ground now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this seems to be an office. Clearly the office of a scientist of some sort. There isn't really a word for scientist in in the ninth world. So the equivalent of what you would consider to be maybe an Aeon priest. So an Aeon priest of office. Mm-hmm. There are books, or at least what you assume were at one point books, kind of dilapidated shelves. Um, the books are well-worn and, and completely ruined by this point. And there is a desk with a like a panel that's kind of like tipped up on it. Chair that seems to have been tipped over and partially eaten away, you think probably by the creeping clay. And a workstation kind of behind the desk that is definitely covered in more of the goo. Are there... Most definitely. Are there any drawers in this desk that like maybe something sheltered inside wouldn't have gotten ruined? Sure. You On the left, there are two drawers. On the right, there's one big drawer and then there's a small like paper and pencil drawer kind of thing like underneath the sitting area all right there's a, there's a word for that kind of drawer i don't know like the a thin sliding sundries drawer. drawer i don't know i'm sure i'm just the saying that i don't junk drawer junk drawer uh, <laughs> uh, no the junk drawer has to be in the kitchen and there has to be something inside it that constantly gets stuck also lots of rubber oh, bands yeah. usually scissors and twist yep. ties we <laughs> That's where we keep the cookie cutters. Yeah, I think I'd like to check the upper left-hand drawer first. Sure. There is some more old ruined books. Not necessarily ruined by the creeping clay, just kind of by time. Some more papers in there. I hand anything that isn't completely disintegrated to Jory to see if it's any kind of, like, any, especially anything that looks like it might be a list. In this drawer, everything is beyond legible. All right. Yeah, then I just keep going down. So Mm -hmm. next drawer down. You do, in the rest of the drawers, the one right below, you find another, a notebook similar to the one that you found in the living quarters. This one made of a different material and therefore has survived kind of a more vellum-y type material, synth possibly. And so you're able to kind of get that. And then in the drawer kind of by the chair, there is what looks to be a, a very thin piece of metal and synth on like a lanyard essentially there is a little metal chip at the end of it can i try to just reference my mentor's notes and see if this is something that i recognize at all you don't even have to reference the notes i will say actually i'll give this to nehemiah i i assume that you're kind of standing guard yeah right now yeah yeah, I pull it out um, and show it to Making sure them. we're not being followed or anything. Right. So you're kind of more still towards the door a little bit, and Smallrin pulls out this small, thin piece of like synth and metal and holds it up, kind of looking at it, and is about to pull out her, her mentor's nose to flip through it. And you kind of look at that and look down at the keypad and realize there's a little slot on the top of the keypad. Huh. It's an override. Exactly. It's a key, like a physical key. Okay. I'll be... A master key. So what should we do? Well, we can go and check that echo chamber if we want. But, I mean, this is... We can get anywhere now. Which will be useful. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah. But um, probably a bit ambitious for right now. Maybe. I mean, I'm not... I mean, we, we, we've got it. Might as well use it. We can check out maybe one more room or so, and then and then we'll get out of here. It's a lot to do. We'll be down here for a while, I think. At least on and off. At least if it... And also, if it's just us, we may want to get back to the other three, check in with them, and maybe talk about getting uh, a team together to get this done. Yeah. That's very true. Speaking of which, at this point, you all, in your mind, hear Adriel go, Is everything quite all right? It has been a very silent journey that you all have been taking. Oh, yeah, no, we're we're good, Adriel. Yeah, we're just, um, just a lot to check out. We had a, a little scuff up, but we're fine. Anything that I could help with? Honestly, not really. We're just, we're checking everything out. Um, we were thinking perhaps one more room to explore and then head back. Very well, we'll wait here for your return then. I will also say that, Small Run, you've spent the most time with Adriel at this point. You remember when, at, at one point, just in talking to her, she exhibited some control over Sling. And she didn't say what kind of creature specifically she might be able to control, but it's possible that she might be able to deal with that room full of not-so-great insects. Actually, Adriel, we don't require assistance now, but I think there are some things down here you might be interested in. When we return, I will give you the details. Oh, that sounds just peachy. Is she mad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Rin, is she mad? No. (laughs) (laughs) But she likes you to be unsure of that. I would like to do like a quick sweep of the rest of the room Mm -hmm. before we go. Just see if there's anything else of interest. Not really. Most everything in here has been almost completely consumed by the uh, creeping clay. All right. Well, as they're waiting for us, maybe we don't have time to return to the echo chamber. Was there anything else in this hallway that looked interesting? I mean, everything looks interesting, but... uh... Yeah, no, there is that other lab we could check out. You all find yourself outside of this lead scientist's office, uh, kind of at the end of the hallway. Looking back down the hallway, you kind of gather yourselves up, and you are about ready to head back up to meet the rest of the party that you left up in the main chamber. But there's one more room that you wanted to look at before room 116, which Jory was able to read as Lab 2. It is just a little bit farther down the hall from where you are, and it is behind a locked door. All right, let's uh, let's get this going. So who had the, the key card? I think I, I, think I took it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You go up and you slip it in the top and it bleeps green and you pull it out and the door begins to slide open. As you do so, you do hear something in the room. You heard kind of like a skittering, almost metallic sound. Not Mm. quite like what you heard before. This is not necessarily the crower. 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 Yeah, it's not that same sound. You guys would have recognized that. Instead, does anyone kind of peek through? Cautiously, yes. (laughs) What you see instead is kind of like a little mechanical insect. Hmm. How Um, how little we talking? Like a Pekingese or (laughs) (laughs) Pekingese? I don't know why that's what popped into my head. I don't either. Um, I don't hate it. Is it smaller than a bread box? Is it bigger (laughs) than a bread box? It is definitely smaller than a bread box. (laughs) It it is. Oh, that is honestly kind of unpleasant. No, it is it is smaller than a bread box. It is about the size of a f- of your fist. Oh god. So not not huge, but like but big. Not huge, but yeah. Like I mean, hovering in that weird space between oh, it's big enough to be friend-shaped, but it's too big to be a real insect. Is it right. cuter than a bread box? It's definitely <laughs> cuter than a bread box. I don't know about that. Ah, I've seen some pretty cute bread boxes. Did we just make a new friend? Because I think we did. Hello. (laughs) I'm Jory. Is it approaching us? Is it like, what's the... No, there's actually a small swarm of them. There's about 10 of them, kind of like... There's one sitting on a table, kind of like scuttling around. 
but there almost seems to be like a nest of them that is encased around a some sort of like cabinet that you would assume would hold like technological stuff what you can kind of tell is that it's kind of like maybe a kind of like paper wasps where they like kind of like will put their nests like up in corners in like cool fibrous materials similarly these creatures seem to be making a nest in this kind of dark area that has technological resources hmm. and it doesn't seem to be bothering you right now it, it's okay. not interested in the fact that you've opened the door what else do we see in the room you said they're like on some kind of technological cabinet there's a table mm-hmm. there's a table there's a couple of workbenches and a so like kind of around the edge of the room there's a table in the middle that has this creature kind of like scuttling around on it there's also a number of the foot tall jars clear synth jars lined up that have something like some sort of liquid it looks like in them uh there's some pieces of looks like uh iodum and and different scraps and bits and things on the work tables maybe some actual ciphers and 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 the like as well if you look a little closer if anyone wants to know anything about these creatures or anything else, you're welcome to roll anything or worth. Yeah, I'd like to just roll to see if I know anything about them. I don't think I sure. have anything in particular that would lend itself to that. Okay. But just a straight intellect roll. Yep, it will be a level one. Level one. Oh, so these are probably fairly common. Okay, that is a success with a six. Absolutely. This is a gear weevil. For the most part, they just don't want to be bothered and they're more concerned with like procreation and and safety than anything else. They are drawn typically to devices that incorporate technology, not necessarily because they eat it or they steal it, but because they lay their eggs inside of it and then the as the eggs grow, the components that are kind of nearby their nests are kind of like incorporated into the body of these insects so it's kind of that's kind of cool creepy a little bit machine a little bit alive and so each one kind of looks a little bit different but there's definitely like a strange amalgamation of technology and organic with these things i don't know that i want to get too close to them considering what happened the last time we tangled with insects i would agree they're very cute but Counterpoint, are they? I I think so. mm, They got that big old stinger, though. I would be with Nehemiah. I wouldn't mind turning them loose on an enemy, but I don't know that I would want one near me. I just mean, objectively, one of them is very cute. The whole lot of them going after you, probably not so much, but... Yeah, I think maybe in the theoretical sense you might be right, but, uh, no gonna go ahead and pass on that if you were to knit one it would look very cute well sure but if you knit anything it's gonna look cute when you say it that way gear weevil amigurumi oh my gosh yes can we get someone on that carlin (laughs) (laughs) gear weevil plushies (laughs) the nest of these things is kind of like mechanical cabinet technological cabinet that is when you look in the room to the back left corner and there's the one on the table kind of in the center of the room but you get the feeling that as long as you leave them alone they're probably not going to bother you too much Mm. kind of like if you don't get close to a wasp nest or a beehive pretty typically are not gonna come and bother you sure fair who wants to bet that there's something really interesting back there i i want to bet I would love for you to go explore as your heart wills you. Okay, I'm not an idiot. I know it's not going to go well <laughs> if I do that. I'm just I'm just saying. I think perhaps if you would like to skirt the edges of the room and look for things, Nehemiah and I can stand here and provide backup and possible cover fire. Okay. I think I, I, I think take I'm my sure. spear out. As if it hasn't been out this entire time. <laughs> I just kind of hold it at ready. Who are we kidding? Nehemiah almost always has his spear out. Well, yeah. 
So, Jory, you're going to actually go up to the nest? I, well, not, I, just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it quite in that direction. I was assuming you were going to the workbenches. Yeah, the I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking more to like get more of a view of other things. Yeah. And, okay. I'm actually going to have you make me a salvage roll. I think this is the first time I've had you do this as a team. I think I did it once before, but I'm, okay. I'm not positive. Okay, so trained. So, yes, it's going to be a salvage Numenera roll. So you are trained in that. And I'm going to have it be a level four. Okay. And that would be intellect, I am, would imagine. Yes. Uh, success. Rolled an 11. Perfect. Happy perfect, day. Perfect. Yeah. So you start looking around the tables and you are able to kind of skirt away from the nest of gear weevils a little bit you find i mean a handful of different iodum and, and components and the like stuff you're pretty sure that that rufus could utilize for stuff definitely valuable to your eye but you also find a handful of other things in kind of like looking through the workbenches and stuff you find a thin metallic slab that has a little like toggle switch on it and lights that look like they could light up but are currently not illuminated across the front of it. Huh. And this is this is kind of setting off my oh interesting mm -hmm. like sense. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Is it connected to anything or is it just sitting? Nope. Nope. <gasps> it's like a almost like a tablet. Okay. Like like a like an iPad or a or a Chromebook or something like that, flat, flat with kind <laughs> okay. of like a, a screen that not a, like an LCD screen, but like looks like there's lights underneath like a synth yep. sheet. You also find a handful of midnight stones, which are specifically they can do random things. It's essentially if you activate them, they will have like random cipher-like effects and you don't really have a whole lot of control over them but they are more often used to elongate the effects of other ciphers and artifacts neat you also find a small orb with a trailing bundle of wires and actually it's it's not all that big it's only about the size of like you know like a like a striker marble mm-hmm like the, the bigger marbles, it's about that size. And it has a small bundle of wires trailing out the back of it. It kind of has like two, uh, not, almost like claws kind of like coming around the side of it. And like an oculus in the center that has an iris that's shut. <sighs> hey, I, I found, I found a tiny mechano squid. <laughs> Do you touch it? I'm too afraid. It looks very spiky. What's my danger sense? <laughs> I do have that. I am trained. <laughs> you do. Go ahead and roll me. I'm actually going to have you mm. intellect or speed, whichever one you think is better. I intellect will do. Um, difficulty? It is going to be a difficulty one. Oh boy. Okay. Wee. Uh, success with a three. <laughs> wow. We love Literally exactly, exactly yeah. what you can roll. Yeah. All right. So you hesitate before touching it, but look at it and you recognize this as a Sogren orb. Technically, this is a biomechanical organism. I was, I was half right. <laughs> but... It is meant to resemble an eye. Yep. It can levitate and kind of move very slowly within space, but more than usually, they are found as replacements for people who have lost an eye. In exchange, this organism simply seeks companionship. That's really cute. That's actually really <laughs> sweet. Yeah, but you gotta pluck out your eye for it, and then you got an eye friend forever. Well, I mean, if you already don't have an eye, then you gain a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, will... guess, I guess that is a net positive, but... Yeah. I will communicate if... this to my compatriots. Yes. 
Here's the question. If you touch it, does it assume you want to be friends and then That's... burrow into Do... your eye? It does not. So, okay. It will, bonding with the orb, you can place it in an empty eye socket, but it can also surgically replace a, an existing eye if it's instructed to do so. Once it is a part of you, the orb works like a normal eye, but eases any and all perception tasks. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we found a friend. Um, what should I do? Do we know anybody missing an eye right now? I'm trying to think. I don't know if we do. I'm trying to think if there are any eye patches. No one within the named NPCs or people that you have interacted with heavily. It's possible that there's someone in the settlement that's missing an eye, but no one that you think of immediately. We oh. just walk back into the settlement. Is anyone missing an eye? Would anyone like to be? <laughs> Does anyone anybody would like to lose and then gain an eye back um and a friend and a friend lose an eye gain a friend um yeah i feel like take a friend lose a friend it looks like it's deactivated or sleeping right Uh, now you do assume that touching it would wake it up okay that's i was wondering that now do i if i know enough about them do i assume if is it the physical exertion that will wake it up or is it like an actual skin like touching it like if i was to take um a rag or another object and and scoop it up that way do i know if that would still wake it up it's no you cannot you cannot do the cursed object wrapping okay. in a towel <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of okay thank you that's a succinct way of putting it no if you interact with it right. it will awaken what do we think should i um should i wake it up i mean you really want to as long as you're positive it's not going to burrow in and pluck out your eye then, not, yeah why not like a hundred percent but mostly <laughs> certain uh okay well first of all what i would like to do is the tablet mm-hmm. i'd like to very tentatively reach out and touch that and just see if um the little fly friends decide they want to if somehow that disturbs them. I'm sure it probably wouldn't, but... No, it doesn't. Okay. Does any does the tablet do anything? You just touch it? Yeah. Nope. Okay. And it's not attached to anything right now? Nope. There is a switch on it. Yeah. But hmm. it's not attached to anything. It's free. Okay. Freestanding. Um, and do I get any danger sense from this one? No. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick that up first. From the doorway, Small Wren kind of gives this stage whisper. Uh, let's not forget that there is a limit on the number of ciphers you can be carrying. It's okay, I have none right now. Really? You also pick it up, and this is... This is more advanced than a cipher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Yay. <laughs> well, I will continue to have it picked up. Does it seem to be having any kind of effect on me? Nope. Cool. I'm going to put it in my pocket. Okay. It's too big to put in your pocket, but you can put it in a satchel. I'm going to put it in my satchel. Perfect. And, um, yeah, I I guess I'll wake up the eyeball friend. I'm feeling dangerous today. There's bees. It's cool. Touch. (laughs) All right. You touch the Sogren orb. And the oculus in the center, the iris kind of like opens up and orange light glows from it. And it kind of like wiggles and floats up looking at you. And it kind of like floats around and it doesn't talk, but you can kind of get a sense of personality almost. Like it's kind of like floating around and like bebopping around and it looks at you, kind of like floats around your head and like playfully like bops you on the top of the head and then kind of like comes around and looks at you and like zooms up and comes really close in to your eye and just kind of like stares at you. Nope, it's it's staying there, but um, we have some more friends and you can ask them. It takes the little tail that it has, like this bundle of wires, the optic nerve essentially, and it taps you on the eyebrow above your eye. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good right now. I'm good. These are these are fine. I'm sure you're very nice. But um, like I said, taps a little harder. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. 
This right. is why I wasn't so sure about I, I didn't get I, I, didn't. I don't know. I inherently trust any small animal whose movements can be described as bebopping around. That's true. <laughs> um, I, I will I will back slightly away from it to see if it if when it resumes tapping my face, if it's in, still increasing in the intensity. Yeah, 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 yeah. It tries one more time. It taps okay. a little bit harder. Mm-mm. But then kind of like slinks back. Sorry. It then kind of like does a circle around the room, realizes the door is open, and comes up right into Nehemiah's face and like floats in front of your face and like taps on your eyebrow. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Taps a little Please. harder. Please, no. Uh, I kind of put my hand over my <laughs> eye. Like, I'm, I am. I am quite excellent. Thank you very much. Good little friend. Great. And Smaller does the same to you. Floats up, kind of does a circle around your head, goes up to your eye, taps on your eyebrow. At this point, it's a little harder than you've seen it tap on the other yeah. ones. I Smaller just kind of cocks her head to the side and puts puts a finger up. Let's get to know each other first, shall we? I'll think about it. It does a little loop-de-loop. Huh. <laughs> and then kind of like, and just kind of like floats over your shoulder. Well, I guess you have to be the one to name it then. Oh no. Oh I yes. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Too much responsibility. Oh, you don't have to do it now. You can think about it. Much, much like our possible partnership, I think that I will have to think about a name. We're gonna name our partnership. Um, are you saying we should have a group name? No, my partnership with, and she gestures to the. Oh, okay. I thought you meant us as like a collective, like we need a I name. I mean, we can come up with a name. Every organization I've ever been in had a name, but. To be fair, some of those were gangs. <laughs> we're kind of a gang. We're a three-person gang, right? Three-person and eyeball gang. <laughs> well, I have a tablet. You've got an eye. Nehemiah? <laughs> I got my staff, still. <laughs> that wasn't in this room. Uh, no, let's see. But, uh, I can get you a bit of wire or something. We could attempt to make friends with one of the gear weevils. <laughs> I'm quite fine without them, thank you very much. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. As you guys are chatting kind of just near the doorway, you hear kind of like a, a crash come from in the room. You turn and look around. The gear weevil has knocked over one of those synth containers that had some sort of liquid in it, and the liquid is now kind of just like pooling outwards on the floor it doesn't seem to be doing anything but the gear weevil kind of steps in it and at first it like it kind of like just sinks through its, its foot just sinks through and then it tries to like run away and it's actually able to like walk on top of it for a little ways mm-hmm. but then it just kind of keeps like pooling outwards hmm. Ooh, is it oobleck is it a non-newtonian liquid I will This is this is Brid this is Bridget asking. Smallrin wouldn't know that, but I grew up going to <laughs> yeah. a no, lot yes, of is. College of Engineering yes. functions. Yeah. Yes, no, this is at like at, as players, this is absolutely an oobleck. This is a non-Newtonian Ooh. fluid. This is something that if you hit it with enough force, it will act as a solid, but typically in uh in a container, it will uh fill it up as a liquid. That could be very oh. useful and very dangerous. Maybe in small quantities, not that bad. Can I, like, scoop it back up into... I'll, like, test it, like, with my pinky real quick. Is it safe to touch? Yeah, it seems... It's like slime. It's like cornstarch and water, and it's a little more... A little more solid than that. It's not quite liquid, but it's... It's it's like slime, essentially. Like, (laughs) like your your modern slime. Um, We found something for you. (laughs) Is there, like, a, a, a... Something I could, like, scoop it back up into? Yeah, there's actually there's a couple of containers of this sitting out on the on this workbench. Perfect. Uh, the gear so weevil we can... only knocked over one of them. There are two other containers there that have some of it. They're only about halfway full of this stuff. Excellent. I'll go ahead. I'll grab um I'll like combine a couple of them so they're like 3 quarters filled so I've got you know a, a healthy bit to take home. Sure. Uh, seems like a thing Rufus would like. Cool. 
as you kind of got closer, the Gearable kind of like started like fluttering its wings at you. Mm-hmm. Just as like a hey, stay away. I, I'm going. I'm going. Mm. Test the little thing. Do any of the work tables or any are there any like drawers or anything that looks like it could possibly contain documents? Uh, there are. There are no physical documents in this room, no. There is some sort of, like, readout screen that is kind of embedded into one of the workbenches, but it appears to be blank at the moment. Gotcha. Would I be able to look that over, see if there's any kind of on switch or, like, wires leading from it? It definitely looks like it's plugged in. There doesn't seem to be an on switch, necessarily. Go ahead and roll me a... Investigation check level f- four. Would you allow me to use espionage for this or just a straight intellect check? If you have something else that would work, cool, but this would be more about technology than it would be about other things. Nope, that is a failure with a six. All right. It's probably controlled by something, but you're not sure what. Possibly something in this room, possibly something elsewhere. Well, there seems to be a screen here, but I can't work out how it operates. We might need to bring Rufus back in to see if there's anything useful. At this point, the rest of the the gear weevils kind of like their wings start fluttering a little bit more. You can hear kind of like that weird buzzing sound that insect that fluttering insects can make, and they seem to be getting a little agitated. All right, perhaps it's time to go. I'd like Yeah. Yep. I I agree. Let's go ahead and We've each got something, so we're good. This is the present room and I got my slime. Out we go. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Slurp, slurp. Great. All right. Are you guys going back up to the main room? I don't know. What do you think? Should we keep uh, exploring? Or are we good? I think that We've kept them waiting, and we did tell Adriel that we were doing one more room and coming back. That's true. Okay, all right. We can always uh, return, I suppose. Uh, And I'd like to use the communication cipher to just Mm -hmm. uh, check in with Adriel and let her know that we are on our way back now. She responds, That's wonderful. Rufus has gone to get something... Something they think would be able to help figure out a couple more things here. They should be back soon. Hopefully by the time you return, we can all look at things together. Marvelous. And you all hear that, because you all have the link that's together. You head back to the uh, split in the hallway uh, and make your way back up to the main dome chamber. And as you walk in, um, Rufus has indeed returned and they are nehemiah where you had found that like connection port yes where you like plugged in the power they are by that connection port and instead of the cable that was supposed to be plugged into it they have concocted there's this cube that they have brought down and they are working on trying to get this connected here and as you guys walk up they go oh good i think you guys are going to want to see this i found this power supply and it's not going to last very long i haven't been able to use it for anything else but it'll last for like two or three minutes and it's really powerful and i think it'll get all of this to turn on real fast without using any of the power that those things downstairs need that's perfect okay are you like this is the kind of problem solving that i like you here for are you like a thousand percent certain like a thousand percent certain that it's going to be able to turn this on it's not going to be for very long it's gonna be for like two minutes or something like that but like that it's not gonna like disturb the energy that they need i mean it shouldn't i'm not using any of that energy i'm using my own energy okay they are Mm. like electrified with excitement Uh, okay okay all right all right i just want to make sure we're not like burning a bridge with some of the cool things we've met down here because that seems like a bad decision but okay Adriel is kind of leaning against one of the control panels, just kind of watching intently. Her demeanor, like her physical demeanor, kind of gives off the sense that she's bored. But looking at her eye, she is intently watching every single thing, every single move that Rufus is making. Mm -hmm. Not in a skeptical way, but in a, oh, I hope this doesn't go wrong kind of way. Sure. Edos is off to the side. And they are um, kind of looking over the different 
pieces and parts, the different controls and such. So, uh, yeah, Edos is kind of looking over the symbols and controls and stuff at these different, these four different panels. Looks up as you guys come in. I'm glad you're back. Uh, Rufus seems incredibly excited about what they have here. I'm hoping that if we're able to turn this on, we can get at least a better idea of what these different things do. And maybe, hopefully, between that and, uh, theoretically, um, Jory's abilities, we'll be able to figure out exactly what all this is going to do. So, uh, let's sit tight and check it out then. I will set my jar o slime on the ground. <laughs> good, 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 good. Rufus has, like, just an intense look of, of excitement on their face, and they uh, take this kind of jerry-rigged-looking connector up and plugs it in to the control panel on the back. There is a... almost like... not, not quite a spark, but just like this jolt of energy that you can palpably feel in the air. Everything lights up. The entirety of all the panels, the towers that are kind of sectioned off in this area, up across the top of the dome in these arcing beams light up in this kind of like blue-green color. And at the everything now in this area is illuminated. You can see the top of the dome. It's almost 50 feet tall with an oculus at the top and an iris opens and there's a membrane of some sort there. As it uh, as it's revealed up at the top, you hear a click. You hear a hum start, a low electronic hum, a little bit of static in the air, and then the song begins. to the rhapsody, find the connection. Verse one, to break the silence. Restore the power, connect the feed. Within the chamber, echo the signal. A response is awaited far and long. Listen to the rhapsody, break the silence. Save our voices from the tumult. Listen to the rhapsody, break the silence. through just one time and after that it fades it doesn't go away but it fades that deafeningly loud sound fades and you guys are able to kind of like gain your senses again it's not like you were overtaken by anything but it was just so beautiful you couldn't bear to think about anything else but the song in that moment as it fades you can just kind of barely hear it in the background now that surge of power also fades the lights deactivate coming back down all the lighting and energy coming back to the source and the control panel shut down. Thank you so much for listening to episode 22 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes, and on our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, where you can find so much cool stuff from the podcast, as well as our Patreon, if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Christina, Tyler, and JJ and Veronica Albrecht for their support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, please consider telling a friend about our show. Or, even better, leave us a good rating and review on any podcatcher that will let you. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, 
myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenling, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. The song you heard that comes from the structure is called Dorame, with lyrics by Zan Campbell-Johannes and music by Carlin Campbell-Johannes. It is performed by Bridget Randolph. This is a Ghost Like Media production.